0: Welcome back You're listening to the Kyber Pass podcast Bringing you conversations with improvisers Musicians that have played at the Kyber Pass Cafe Thursday evening music concert series This episode, we have Phil Hay. Phenomenal drummer. Was generous enough to sit down and share his history, his backstory, what happened to get him To sit behind a drum kit To express himself Explore improvisation I'm your host, Paul Metzger And as always This podcast is brought to you by The Kyber Pass Cafe St. Paul, Minnesota Authentic food from Afghanistan. But it's so much more than that. In German language, they have a term that does not translate well into English and that is also difficult to pronounce. And it is Trying to put A name to the feeling From being Around People In a setting that brings A uh, deep Enjoyment. A group together. The Kyber Pass offers that. The good feeling of being somewhere with other people who are like-minded in many ways. This week I have a short music clip of the concert featuring Phil Hay on drum set, Adam Lentz on bass, and yours truly on electric guitar. For me, it was a beautiful experience to be able to sit down with these two masters of the form and spend a little bit of time with Phil beforehand to get to know where he's at. So without further ado, I will present a sample of what was heard, and move into the interview. I hope that you enjoy it. So, I'm just going to get right into it. We'll keep it to, like, about 20 minutes. Is that going to be okay? Whatever
1: works for you, Paul. That
0: does work for me. Uh, where where did, uh, where were you as a kid, man? What were you, before you were a drummer?
1: Boy, that's... You're like a kid, yeah? Yeah, right. Uh, Wow, that's a great question. Um, I was a... I don't know, I, get, I think like I was like a normal kid, whatever that means. You know, I I um, I liked school, so maybe that isn't so normal. No. But I did for a long time until I got a little older. Um, I like sports a lot. I like playing baseball and basketball and football. Mm-hmm. And we were always um the main neighborhood I grew up in in Philadelphia there were tons of kids you could just walk out the door and fall into yeah. you know any number of games or a gang hanging out you know, I, I don't mean gang like a you know no, a street I, gang I, I, I just gotcha. mean a group of yeah yeah and um there were a, a million kids I, I was never a, a real leader you know I was always like a good uh, kind of second lieutenant type of guy mm-hmm. you know i i would gravitate towards the real extroverted outgoing kids and sort of hang around with them and and you know be around them and mm-hmm. I, I know uh, my one of my teachers told my parents that they wished i would show more like initiative le- leadership qualities instead yeah. of being a hanger you, you uh-huh. know um that was miss Caponetti in fifth grade yeah fuck her yeah right what <laughs> does she know <laughs> where does she know yeah exactly <laughs>
0: most likely dead
1: yeah I remember yeah, yeah. these days it's <laughs> yeah. a long time ago and that's the problem is it was a long time yeah. ago right
0: well so what's happening then you where do you first get the inkling about music
1: what's, music yeah
0: you know what i mean like you start off your football kid you're hanging out in the neighborhood uh what happened then to get you toward that
1: that's also a good question uh well, there was always music around the house. Um, my my father was a like an amateur pianist, and my mom is a singer. She actually sang a little bit during World War II in, in Washington D.C., which is where my parents met. Yeah. And my dad, you know, tells a story about seeing her. I think I, I think the story was apocryphal, frankly, but that she came out was rolled out inside a bass drum. She was very very small, uh-huh. and sang a "Stormy Weather," and he was smitten. Oh. And they liked uh, you know, to play records, and they, they'd dance if, if you know, the family was home on the weekend. They'd r- literally roll up the rugs and yeah. dance. And yeah. My brother and sister and I thought that was amazing. Yeah. And uh, my dad loved to go to the orchestra and, and to the theater, too. Sure. And that was his real passion, both my parents. But he liked that he had one kid who liked to go down to the Academy of Music and see the Philadelphia Orchestra with him. So, that was y'all pardon that was you that was me yeah i was I was, okay. the, I was the one of the three kids that really liked any kind of music but then as far as you know they came around they had a sign up for for band and orchestra you know in, in fifth grade mm-hmm. and so a bunch of my friends were, were doing it so i thought i should do it you know more to be like part of the group and it was a you know like a school activity more mm-hmm. you know something yeah and so i signed up to play saxophone but the school only had one saxophone i thought saxophones was really cool i liked the way yeah. they looked and you yeah. know the keys and everything and so my my really good friend at that time uh, a kid named bob liggett was going to take drums and he said well why don't you take drums and then we can hang out together and that's why i picked up the drums and that same year i saw the beatles on tv yeah my and i didn't even really know what a drum set was really you know mm-hmm. but i saw ringo and i just thought god that looked like fun yeah. you know and i think that was really the the start of it to tell you right the truth right on
0: oh yeah i can see that yeah you know that's just the environment you're hanging with your lads at school and stuff and you know? all more natural and sort of chance yeah. I love it that it's by chance. Yeah, it you're really was. You're thinking about uh, playing saxophone, and then just fate takes you another direction. Another way, yeah. Oh, fuck,
2: that's and, so heavy.
1: And you must remember, too, man, everybody was getting bands. If you had yeah. a guitar, you were yeah. in a band, and you know, a set of drums. I didn't have a set for a long time, mm-hmm. I just had mm-hmm. a, a snare drum. But Yeah. But you know, we we were always forming bands back then. Yeah, you know, there were rock bands everywhere.
0: When did you first uh, be, get a chance to sit behind like a kit?
1: That was uh, a couple years later, I think, mm-hmm. when I was twelve. Yeah, yeah. So two, two, three years later, and yeah, my parents saw I was kind of serious about it, and and I had a little bit of talent. You know, the band director told him I was pretty good at it and, and I, I know they went and talked to him yeah. and asked if you know it would be a good idea and he he, he, he was nice, you know, he, he, mm-hmm. he recommended that they, it wouldn't be the worst thing to get me a set of drums and I think yeah. also they thought it might keep me occupied and, you know, busy off the streets, out of the pool halls, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, seventh, seventh grade and it didn't have a hi-hat, I remember that and I didn't even know what a hi-hat was but... The next time I saw, I don't know if it was the Beatles, but there was another band. It might even have been a like a jazz band on TV, like a big band. Sure. Uh, and I saw this thing. And I was like, "Well, wait a minute. What you know what? So you do something with your other foot too, yeah, you right? Do. Damn. Yeah. So I remember that was a, a big uh, present one year. You know, to get get a oh, hi hat pedal. They laid it on you. Yeah. Oh. So then I had the whole thing, right?
0: Damn. Well, and plus. That is a nice little bit of candy to have to wait for. Right. Because for me, the hi-hat, that sound absolutely destroys me. Oh,
1: far that, out. That's everything cool. Everything
0: about that closure, and you can hear the air displaced wow. a little bit. You know, I cool. love that sound.
1: Well, I remember that tonight while we're playing, man. Yeah. I'll give you, yeah. <laughs> there is some magic in the hi-hat. There, there really is. It's
0: a crazy contraption.
1: Papa Joe Jones could Fuck. play a whole orchestra yeah. a whole symphony on the hi-hat
0: yeah there's a lot so much in there and i saw uh max roach do a lecture demonstration on the hi-hat yep and talking all about his idea of poetry and that's how he approached his solos
1: max uh, saw the same thing i did We're Papa Joe played a solo thing on the hi hat at Newport in 73. Damn. It was a famous performance. I got to talk to Max about that. And he yeah. got excited. You know, he said, You were there? You saw that? Yeah. And and he, he was excited like a little kid. Yeah. And, and I think that's when he started doing that oh, thing. Oh, dig. And he, oh, call, that's he called it Papa Joe sometimes or Mr. Hi hat, yeah. v- various names. Yeah. And you, you saw all those moves he had on yeah. it, playing on the bottom of oh, it. Oh, dude, uh, yeah. Made it
0: talk. And it was so. I was so creamy, man. I I really loved it, and hearing him talk about it was a beautiful thing.
1: Oh, he was such an articulate guy.
0: So then, what happens then? So you you got a kit. You're maybe getting into bands with some of your some of your lads. Is that kind of what's happening? through yeah. high school.
1: Yeah, all through high school, I was mm-hmm. I was always in band. You know, at least one band, sometimes a couple. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually started playing gigs in actually in junior high school,
0: Paul. What kind of gig?
1: We would play like teen dances. Yeah. They'd have functions, you know, little little halls you, know, in the neighborhood. Sometimes they were um, like like yeah. ethnic halls like the Ukrainian hall. Yep. you know, the Polish hall, stuff, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, sometimes at schools, you know school dances., yep. and we'd have these little bands that would play for that. And then parks, you know, the mm-hmm. like Fourth of July. I remember we played in a park a few times. Wow! And mostly it was it was guitar bands, you know, a yep. couple guitars, maybe a bass. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, playing with an organ for the first time. Mm-hmm. That that was this was later a little bit later in high school, and that was a sound, you know. That's that, that's a big sound in Philadelphia. Organ trios, you know, are, yeah. are everywhere. Yeah, and then the kind of R and B you know that had that kind of sound to it, Mm -hmm. but then came the horn bands, and that was always like, okay, this is the big time now. You know, you got a sax and a trombone and a trumpet, and you know, playing all that Motown and stacks stuff. Yeah, Wilson. There's nothing like a horn
0: line, man. Right? Yeah. Yeah. uh,
1: Yeah. Dig. And then those guys always knew a little bit about jazz mm-hmm. and I, I know I, I didn't know anything about jazz man I, I loved it I, I had records and, and my mom had some jazz records mm-hmm. you know and my brother was six years older than me and he, he had all the hip rock and roll albums he, mm-hmm. he, he had all really good stuff mm-hmm. but modern jazz I I just could not figure out what was going on but I thought it was a cool sound i I just like the sound of it right Mm -hmm. and so some of the horn players i was playing in in r&b bands would start hipping me to different guys you know Mm -hmm. eric dolphy and coltrane Mm -hmm. and and i mean there's no way i was playing that stuff but i would i could pretend you know yeah
0: pretending man that's 90 percent. i swear to god i agree yeah just like that's the playfulness of it. Right, right. And that you're just inside of it. And the fun of that experience yeah. is so great. I remember that in a lot of different ways as a kid, like pretending I knew how to write cursive. Oh. <laughs> Far out. I would just do it. I'm like, hey, look at that shit.
2: Uh,
0: so how do you get then? From there, you're, you're taking a peek into like the jazz bow scene yeah but you're not taking the step how did you take your step into that
1: well again man that's a very good question uh i went off to school in hawaii at the university of hawaii my my parents said if i could actually get into college they'd pay for the first year anywhere god damn and hawaii had I didn't know about the school, but I, they had other attractions. At Did the, they? Yeah. <laughs> Still do, I think. <laughs> so I just wanted to go out there and, you know, have fun, basically. Yeah. And I remember a really odd experience, Paul, that yeah. I was uh, in a record store one day. I was going to buy a present for a friend.
0: This was in
1: Hawaii. In Hawaii. Yep. And I saw one of those prestige twofer albums came out. This would have been in 1972.
2: Okay,
1: I think is when those came out. And I know that's when it was that 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 I was living there then. Mm-hmm. And it was a picture of Sonny Rollins on the cover. And all of a sudden, I, I just kind of was transported back to that you know magical time when I was playing in bands because I kind of stopped playing in bands a little bit in Hawaii.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, even though the opportunities were there, I I just I don't know why you know I just didn't know. What to do with myself really Mm -hmm. except have a lot of fun yeah and the sonny rollins picture took me back to you know just how much fun that was you know being Mm -hmm. in bands and 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 the jazz part of it specifically you know Mm -hmm. pretending to be in jazz and listening to the records Mm -hmm. just how much i like that music Mm -hmm. and i remember having kind of an epiphany that man, maybe I could do this. Maybe I should do this.
0: No oh, shit, you're killing me right now.
1: It's strange, right? Yeah. And uh, in Hawaii, I was thinking about being a music major. You know, I hadn't mm-hmm. really decided. This is my freshman year. I was All taking right. everything. Yeah. But I really enjoyed a couple of a uh, music history class that I took, and also just an introduction to music theory. Sure. That I just took to kind of fill out my schedule, mm-hmm. and I was enjoying it. And so I thought, well, if I majored in music, I can't do it here because they would lost their accreditation. And one of the books that I'd been using on the drums, just again, I had no idea how to mm-hmm. do it, but it was written by Marv Doggert. Okay, called Four Way Coordination, and yeah, said the book. that's famous. As yeah, it's shit. A really famous Who book. Who
0: hit you to that? As was it just known as the book, or yeah, I don't really know. I think yeah. it was someone at a
1: at a drum store or something. Must've, All right given it to me or, or told me I should get it yeah. I, I don't remember alright it's a very good question yeah but I did have it and I mm-hmm. I couldn't really do it but I, I knew what it was and again it was all fantasy yeah I would pretend yeah. that I was playing out of this it made me feel good about myself Jesus so Christ so I called the University of Minnesota and in, in from how were you calling
0: the U of M well, that's
1: cause I had friends going to school here okay and uh Oh, it said in the, in the back of the book that Marv Dahlgren taught at the mm. University of Minnesota. Yeah. And so I thought, maybe I should, just on a whim, yeah, see man. if I could, so I called and I to, said I was a, a student at the University of Hawaii mm-hmm. and I was interested in, could they send me some material? Yeah. And specifically, I was a percussionist, you know, lying my ass off, you know, but send me some material about Marv Dahlgren and mm. the music department secretary, uh, said well marv is right here do you want to talk to him and i kind of what no yeah sure you know (laughs) and so he got on the phone and he was so friendly and nice and everything yeah he basically talked me into it Fuck yeah and so i came here and i and uh so i've been here since 74 Mm. and Every winter, I wonder why I ever left Hawaii. There's a lot <laughs> like of distance. this winter. <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> right?
0: This one takes you another million miles you from Hawaii. Bet. But
1: when I came back here, Paul, I fell back into playing. Mm-hmm. And then I, I resumed like my rock and roll thing, and I got in a uh, couple of bands that I could make money at.
0: This is around what year?
1: This is 74, okay. 75. So all, just about all through the 70s. And that's really how I, I paid for college. was playing in bands. Okay. Also I was a janitor mm-hmm. at the airport and then at uh, a shopping center uh, to Rosedale mm-hmm. And the janitorial work, I didn't mind, but mm-hmm. after a while I was like, man, I'd rather just play drums. I don't care what it is. Yeah. And I was taking lessons. I couldn't, as, as it turned out, I could not pass the audition to study with Marv. and he suggested, I take a year and study with his partner, Floyd Thompson. They had a drum shop together. Okay. And I learned a lot from Floyd. He's a great teacher. A lot God of guys damn. study with Floyd. All right. And that prepared me for, for Marv and for everything else. I, I I still use a lot of what I learned from Floyd in my teaching. Damn right. And through Floyd, actually, I started meeting the older, like, jobbing guys around Minneapolis. And so he would recommend me for a like a polka gig or just a oh. You know, country oh, yeah. club gig with the older, you know, like that's so
0: good. Yeah, that's it was such great. a beautiful hookup to it help someone become a musician.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so through that, and the guys I met at the, the U of M, like uh, Pat Moriarty and Anthony Cox, and yep, few, all right, you know, guys that were they were much Pat especially was much more advanced than, than I was. He he actually knew what chords were, you yeah. know, and things yeah. like that. And so I started playing with some of them, and then these older guys, too. And, and little by little, I started to kind of learn how to, you know,
2: yeah, keep this going and that yeah. going.
1: And and then study with Floyd and, and then Marv, and it just kind of snowballed from there.
2: Well,
0: Jesus, man, because I remember seeing you in the 70s with Ed Berger.
1: Yeah, 79, at Ar- I started at the with the Artist
0: Quarter, because I was living pretty close to there, and I swear you know, my memory is not good, but I swear you guys had like a, like a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, steady.
1: Artist quarter was Sunday night. Sunday night. And Williams pub was Tuesday night.
0: Yep. All right.
1: So we had two nights a week.
0: Yeah. And I would check you guys because I mean, how did you get in that combo? How did that form as like something?
1: I think, Ed was well established. Yeah, everybody knew who Eddie Berger was. Yeah, and his drummer was Gene Piccolo. Okay, at the time, do you remember Gene? I don't remember, I remember Gene, a big guy. And Tom Hubbard had started playing bass with him, and mm-hmm. Tom and I were, were friends. We we hadn't played a lot together, but a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Tom recommended me when Gene had to go in the hospital. Goddamn. And Ed was really not too sure about that you know he he saw me as more like a a free guy that you know could could only do that yeah and plus i had really long hair and you know Mm -hmm. i didn't look like a jazz musician Mm -hmm. but tom talked him into it no kidding and so i played new year's eve Mm -hmm. 1979 with with ed and at williams pub Mm -hmm. and so that was my audition bobby peterson was on piano okay and I passed the audition. I, I did a good enough job that he kind of took me on. And that's what it so, really took off.
0: I mean, what, he was doing, like, the bebop canon. Right. And so, and he liked all that structure of, like, trading fours. and right, all, Like, it was all right. really, and how did you step into that? Like, it's such a regimented way to improvise yeah it's hard yeah man what the hell well that's i had cr- I you have had a crazy history
1: i that's, know right that's crazy yeah but you know i wanted to i wanted to play with ed you know because he, he had the best gig are you kidding right? a yeah. steady two night gig playing yeah. bebop yeah and so i I just studied real hard right yeah and i'd been playing oh I, I know one thing i, I left out that at back then you you remember there are a lot of singers gigs yeah and so I was playing with a lot of different singers and learning the Great American Songbook. Oh, dig. From, okay. from those, you know, they weren't necessarily great singers. Some of them were, were really good. Prudence Johnson. Oh, and, uh, please. Carol yeah. uh, Martin, Beautiful. you know that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but there were a, a lot of, of those gigs, and you could mm-hmm. play six nights a week. Yeah. Backing up singers back then, the Radisson hotels yeah. all had music yeah. six yeah. nights a week, and and it, it was like. In a funny way, I never thought of this actually until this very minute, but it was a little bit like the old rock and roll days where there were so many gigs that even guys like me that couldn't play too well would get a chance. And I wanted it, you know, so mm-hmm. I worked really hard. I've always put in the hours, I've always practiced.
0: Well, God, I mean, I remember seeing you, not to be like too hardcore of a fanboy, but I. Remember seeing you at the Artist Quarter and Williams Pub and you had such a nice touch. Oh, thank it, you. you. and and such a It was such you were in such a natural space within the strict what I would view as a real strict structure, you know, like
1: it is a strict structure. Yeah, you and you I could,
0: yeah, and I could tell, you know, Ed was fucking into it and it being that and uh i'm so surprised that that was like something that you flowed into yeah you flowed into it's weird that. right? that's crazy
1: but that is you know it, it yeah. seems like that's how it went you know
0: so that brings you like in like 1980s and stuff, and then uh, I think we're getting close to time to maybe set up. Oh, sure. Okay. So we'll just kind of fast forward into tonight. You're at the Kyber Pass Cafe.
1: Yes, right with you.
0: Yeah, and you've been here. Uh, we had you solo one time.
1: That and was a fun gig. I really I enjoyed that. I dug
0: that. Yeah. And it, what I really liked about it is that as much of a old like fucking warhorse of gigging that you've done you were a little nervous to go solo
2: uh-huh
1: it's the only time i've ever that. done it since still. I,
0: I loved it that you felt that you know what i mean like uh because it is unusual we've had other people play here solo kind of for the first time and uh i like to book drummers to do that Mm. and uh, so we had you there and then a couple other times I got to play with you another time it was real dreamy for me and uh, so I guess in closing just to get some of your ideas about uh, improvisation behind a drum kit for you when you're given, like that night when it was just solo, or even within the structure of Ed Burger's combo or anything in between, like how do you view it, and what what helps you get
1: get there? Well, I don't know that, that a lot of stuff, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But I I, I I always try to honor the tradition, you know? I mean, I know what music has done for me. I, I owe a debt, a, a real serious debt. It saved my life. Mm. So every time I sit down to play, I try to remember that. Yeah. And to think like, you know, of all the people who have made it possible for me to, to be here, I try to play for them. God damn. And yeah. Th- and that kind of keeps me going. Mm-hmm. The drums is a real serious business, man. That playing this instrument, you know, there's a real, a real tradition to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a deep. You know, we play with all four limbs. Yeah. And sometimes you can approach it like you know each each instrument and each of your limbs is a is another person almost. You know, mm-hmm. so here's the right hand and, and, and the left hand and, and the, you know the feet. And we're bringing them in and out, you know, and the sounds that they're producing, you know, the hi-hat, all that kind of thing. And it's almost like a group inside yourself. Yeah. And so I, I try to, you know, make sure everybody's balanced, you know, that all the limbs are equal, you know, that it's democratic. Mm-hmm. And that, then that, that hopefully, you know, carries over into the group and vice versa. Sure. That I can hear everybody and, the, and mm-hmm. that, you know, that I'm, I'm there with everybody. Mm-hmm. And catching what's going on, feeling the, everyone's time feel, and mm-hmm. and hopefully you know when it works, I'm, I'm able to, you know, play with whoever is there, and we're able to create something, you know, right, mm-hmm. right on the moment, you know, com- yeah. real time composition, you know, we're yeah, we're gonna create music right now, you yeah, know? and you know when it when it works, it's the best feeling. There's in the nothing world, like it, right?
0: Man, Phil, I'm telling you that's like uh, it's there's nothing like it
1: I've never found anything like like the closest
0: music. that I've come is you know in just kind of reading stuff about people and their ideas is like uh, religious stuff you know yeah. Sufism <laughs> talks about things that I can relate to in that with what I do musically that makes sense and Like, heavy stuff like that. Right. Yeah. It would
1: have to be that heavy. I agree. Yeah,
0: that's where it's been. Well, Phil, I can't thank you enough for taking time. Oh, thank
1: you, Paul. I'm glad. It's great talking to you. Okay, it's my uh, pleasure.
0: Yeah, man. So, now we'll go play. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. That's the easy part. Phil Hay. He sat down to talk about his history, his development. Elucidating the early years in Philadelphia. Through Hawaii. Then on to Minnesota. where the Twin Cities was lucky enough to have him decide to make that his home. It was great to sit and talk with him. I followed his work since 1979, off and on. I hope that you enjoyed it and that you found it as inspirational as I did. I'm your host, Paul Metzger, and I thank you so much for listening to this week's Kyber Pass podcast, as always brought to you by the Kyber Pass Cafe on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Until next time, good night.